and welcome back to Get Real Gaming. It's the show where we get real talking about the latest video game news and releases. I'm Richard and with me as always today, it's my planeswalker friend from another plane. Lawrence, how are you doing today? Wow, that was smooth. It was a fast... It's almost like, it's almost like a time to prep. Well, we certainly didn't do any prepping today. <laughs> but um, <laughs> how are you doing, Lawrence? You all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm all right. Oh, that's I'm good all right. then. Um, How about you? Yeah, I am all right. I'm a bit sore from going back to the gym, starting the gym again. Back on the gym, but we're all right. Back in the gym. We are indeed, yeah. Um, Lawrence? Yes? Pokemon Snap comes out at the end of this week. It does. That's a Nintendo Switch exclusive. It's a very Nintendo Switch exclusive. And they're doing... Unless, you know, you're using emulator. And they're doing a, a partnership with uh, some camera company to do a bloody right. camera thing that you can print out, like a, like a Polaroid oh. type thing that connects to your Switch. And then oh. you can take photos in Pokemon Snap and then literally print the photo out in real life. That sounds pretty snappy. It's cool, right? I actually think it's really cool. I yeah. hope if it works, I think it's pretty cool. It's very nineties. It is, but that's why I love it because if you could print yeah. out photos from any uh, game on the Switch, then imagine the ones you could do from like Breath of the Wild because that's got a selfie mode in Breath of the Wild with Link. So it would have more than one application if it worked between uh, between games. Mm-hmm. That would be good. So. Um, what else is happening right now? Uh, let's have a look. We've got some games I've never heard of. Oh, Genshin Impact yeah. is coming out on the PS5. So it's had a PS5 oh, update. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, I need to go install it on my PlayStation 5 and not play it. Yeah, I wonder if it's got any like RTX or anything like that, or if it's just a, a PS4-looking version of the game but i mean it's to probably be, just gonna be the ps it, it's like it'd be the ps4 version but with updated playstation 5 visuals and that's about it yeah to be fair it actually doesn't really need much doing to it because it already looks really well optimized on any platform so it's probably gonna look just mm-hmm. beautiful um r type do you know of r type you heard no of the idea. game r type it's quite an old no. and quite an old Long time franchise, I think, R Type. Um, they've got R Type Final 2 is coming out on the 30th. R Type is one of those, oh, really? I think it's a space shooter one. Uh, let's have a look. Oh. I think it's, oh yeah, it's a horizontal scrolling shooter game. There you go. So, you know, mm. like oh. side scrolling, uh, kind of like bullet hell type shooting games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's one of those. Uh, long time. Oh. It's been going for a very long time. Uh, since July first, nineteen eighty-seven, Lawrence. This is a this is an old franchise. That 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 is an old franchise. Big history, isn't it? long history. They've got a new game coming out. It's coming out pretty much everywhere, including oh. Nintendo Switch, PC, Xbox, PS4. No PS5, but it's coming out on Xbox Series X. So I'm assuming a PS5 version will be coming. Yeah, I mean the PlayStation. If it's on PlayStation Four, it's on PlayStation Five, pretty much at this point. Yeah, Total War Rome remastered comes out on uh, the 29th so that should be pretty interesting that's a pc exclusive so although mm. i don't see why that would be on any other platform it's probably not designed really for a uh, controller no no um, i don't think there's any there's no total wars on consoles or anything like that no i don't think there is uh so yeah that's that's nice what have you been playing this week though lawrence uh do you have to really ask me that I don't have to, but I feel like I need to just cover all all the ground just in case you've got something to throw at me. I've been playing mm-hmm. a little game. It's only small. It's only small. Yeah. Called Final Fantasy XIV oh, on it's the tiny. PlayStation 5. It's an indie title. Indie title. <laughs> yeah, it's very small developer. <laughs> so What's small. It? Squ- Squir- Squir- N- N-I-X? I don't even know how you'd say... Uh, Squirt, Squirt. I, I, so think I, think, I think it's Ukrainian studio. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. How many hours do you think you put into it this week? I, I dread to think. Right. <laughs> I dread to think. Okay. Anything else? Anything else other than Final Fantasy 14? 
No. Magic the Gathering not Arena, really. maybe? No. no. You've not even been on Arena. Not even been on Arena. Bloody hell. Well, this uh, is slowly. This is encroaching on my football manager hours. Put it that way. Well, you've not talked about football manager in a very long time. That's because I've not played it in a very long time. No. I started Final Fantasy fourteen. That was it. My time at Everton is done. Your time at Everton is is long gone. I had to resign. Yeah. Okay. Well, I haven't played Final Fantasy fourteen this week. I have been playing. Oh, that's good. I've been playing Magic: The Gathering Arena. I've been playing. Um, some of that and i've also been playing a tiny bit of dota but not much dota a tiny bit of call of duty but honestly it's uh becoming a less played game now call of duty for me uh, I, oh yeah i can't be asked with call of duty anymore i did i did try out the new outbreak uh maps the 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 new one mm-hmm. for season three because season three's just dropped and mm-hmm. also i had already missed the one from the last update so two new maps for me and the newest one is basically just an amalgamation of all the other ones. So it's just very much just right. like all of the modular assets from all the different maps, kind of. You can find bits of everything in this map, very much. Um, so it doesn't look... See, I, 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 might, I, might, I might give Warzone another go when they update it on the PlayStation 5, but that's about it yeah. for Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I know there's been a lot of loose rumours going around, but... yeah. Well, I haven't. We don't deal with that. I haven't been able to try the new, well, the returning PPSH yet. Uh, that's what I want to try. Mm. I want to get that in zombies, and I haven't done that yet. Um, but other than that, uh, yeah, we've not really, we've not really played that much else. It's been a busy week. We've been very busy mm. doing. We have been very busy. Real, lots of things have been happening. Um, just before we go on. I do want to... Well, this is news, really. So we are... I guess we're going into the news, but um, because we're talking about what games we are playing, I wanted to bring up that games with gold, the free games for May, have been revealed um, on Xbox. And we're going to be getting uh, Armello, which is an indie game, I think. Um, Dungeons 3, which sounds interesting. Lego Batman, because we always love a bit of Lego Batman. And uh, Lego Batman, Tropico Four as well is going to be free. So, Ooh, Tropico's good. Yeah, I like Tropico. It's interesting how Tropico is a game that got ported to console, but Total Total War Rome and the Total War series didn't. Well, to- it's a di- diff- different franchise and different company, really. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what I uh, mean. Tro- Dungeons, I mean, Dungeons Tro- Three Tropico's is a city builder. So, oh, I see. Okay, but well, Dungeons Dungeons Three is. Um, is like a dungeon simulator game, so that is something that I'm quite interested in. So I might try that mm. out. Um, well, why not? It's free. Yeah. So anyway, that was just a bit of free game news, just to start us off. Well, I've got some. I've got some news over here about. Uh, do you remember a small game called Red Faction? Oh yeah, tiny game, small indie developer. Small, small indie developer. Yeah. Uh, the the Red Faction Gorillas lead tech designer has apparently revealed a new destruction sandbox tech. Oh. Uh, on his new game, or her new game, uh, Instruments of Destruction. I'm looking at a, like a small video right now, and uh, it is appealing to me. Right. I must, I must get this game now. So, so tell us what the game's about, then. What, what do you see? What do you, you've got to um, explain to the listeners what we're hearing okay. and seeing. Right so now. I'm seeing like, it's, like this, it's like this building, like there's a construction um, like building, and they've got this machine, and the machine is just basically going through it and just absolutely wrecking it. There's debris flying everywhere. Uh-huh. Uh, there's steel beams and like little chunk, like big chunks of debris going into smaller chunks and just flying everywhere on this tropical island. Uh, let me, let me, I will send you the link so you can help. And what you're, to me. what you're saying sets it apart. Oh, thank you. Uh, is that? Um, it's something to do with the way it, the destruction happens. Yes. Yeah. So is it kind yes. of new, um, new tech in the in the in the dis- building destruction department? I, I believe so. Yes. I'm yes. Just gonna have a quick look now as well while we are. Uh, it's, it seems like you build your vehicle and then you set out to destroy as much as possible. I mean, you just have to look at the images. The images look really, really like cool. It's not like visceral or anything like that. It's just like buildings just collapsing. But yeah, okay. It, it looks a lot of fun. 
Very nice. So it's coming soon. It's not um it's not coming out just yet, but it's on Steam. So I do it's wish it's Q4 2021 apparently. Oh, awesome. Oh yeah. I mean you can see I mean what we're seeing is just like tiny fragments of buildings, bits flying everywhere but in high detail. But it's kind of an mm-hmm. isometric type view, so that's quite interesting. Cool. Nice. It looks good. Mm. Um so I've got some news here and we're going to be talking a little bit about, um, you know, battle royales within the last couple of years really took, no. took the, uh, took the player count of video games up to a whopping 100 and then Call of Duty was like, yeah, well, we'll do 150, right? Mm-hmm. How does 9,000 players sound, Lawrence? Uh, too much. Too much? Well, that's what I say. I think it's too much. Okay. The, the title of this article is 9,000 player games are right around the corner and here's what one looks like. And we're looking at Scavengers Experimental Scav Lab mode can support over mm-hmm. 9,000 players in the same space. Um, it says Scavengers, which I'm assuming is the game, does the usual multiplayer thing pretty well. Uh, it's unique spin on large scale multiplayer competitive multiplayer like battle royale uh, Mm -hmm. meets a survival game meets far cry so that's essentially what the game is and they've managed to take um well they tried 1700 live players and then moved bumped it up a bit um to 9000 to see if it would work and uh it looks like (laughs) it looks like people were colonizing areas of the map and and people were shouting, like, if you were from a certain country to all group up on together. So there was. There <laughs> oh, was, God, it's turned into World War Three. Yeah, it was already. Uh, yeah, it was. What's the word where you kind of segregate yourselves into certain groups? <laughs> <laughs> Clans. What they're like, they grouped up, they partied up. Like, yeah. if you're from England, come here. If you're exactly. from the north of England, specifically, something yeah. is pissed off. Yeah, literally. Um <laughs> But from the screenshots, like it looks like it was manageable. Uh, they said uh, we, like that. that they managed cool. to hit a total population of 9,600 players. So that gives us hope for the future multiplayer games, mass multiplayer games, where maybe we'll see counts like that in regular, in regular games. The future is, is getting wider, of video, the, the future of video game lobbies. I mean, Call of Duty will never get there because they're too busy, too busy struggling to even get people into a party together of four. <laughs> platform. So good luck getting 9,000 people in a lobby, but there you go. I, I, I liked how before like we started recording, we were like, let's not talk about Call of Duty. I think we're sick of Call of Duty. We spoke about it twice already. All right, I'm going to go the complete opposite direction with another news article then because Super Mario Party got an update. And it added over, mm. uh, well, it added a multiplayer online mode um, for over 70 mini games, 2v2 partner mode, and more. So, in the new Super Mario Party update, um, yeah, it's, it's like kind of multiplayer game modes, and there's 70 mini games you can play uh, together, and there's like a 2v2 party mode. Um, really, this should have come last year that would have been good right after animal crossing you know kind of let's let's Mm -hmm. say like this time last year animal crossing was already out it'd been out for a month or so people were happy people would get you know the people who were dropping off from animal crossing were already dropping off right so this would have been the perfect time last year to be like oh now you can play super mario party together and then everyone would have bought super mario party um the official patch notes also dictate which minigames are not available when online. Uh, so Super Mario Party experts, listen up, because the list of games not available to play online are Strike It Rich, Time to Shine, Take a Swab, All-Star Swingers, Rhythm and Bruise, Pep Rally, Wiped Out, Fiddler on the Hoof, <laughs> Clearing the Table, <laughs> Baton, and <laughs> on. So, so it is nice that it's a free update because, you know, some people are still in lockdown, and uh, Super Mario Party needs to sell some more copies somehow. It is mm-hmm. a good game. It's not the best Mario Party, but it is 
a Mario Party, and Mario Parties are generally not yeah. too bad. So there you go. They can also be infuriating, but that's something else. Yeah, definitely. I think some of the I think the Wii Super Mario Party and like the N sixty four Super Mario Party are probably my favourites out of all the Super Mario Parties. So mm. that's just that's just me personally. But I also I'm someone who actually plays Super Mario Party, so there you go. <laughs> Any other news this I week? I have Resident Evil Village news. Oh, Okay, well, this is yeah. good. This is nice because this is like an update. Is, it's on... an update. There you go. Yeah, All it right. is an update. All right, go on, go on. Uh, they have uh, heard the feedback and they've ke- about the demo and they've came out and they said that they've extended the availability period for the final 60-minute uh, multi-platform demo. It's no longer 24 hours. It's now a whole week. So you thought the whole week you can download it and play it for 60 minutes. That's nice because I think that there's probably a lot of people who wanted to try it that weren't available mm-hmm. that day. Yeah, they were like, yes. well, that's fantastic, except I'm going somewhere and I've already got plans and it took me three months to book this one restaurant meal and I'm not missing that now just to play Resident Evil Village. So, mm-hmm. there. Oh, that's really cool. So, is it out at the moment or is yes. it... or? Uh, no, it comes out in May. So, it actually comes out... If you're watching this, uh, no, if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube on Wednesday, uh, it comes out on the first of May. Okay, very good. I, I, fl- I fluffed that line completely. That's all right. That's no problem. <laughs> um, very good. Well, we would like to hear more about Village. I think as we move forward, because it seems to be getting a lot of uh, hype at this point in time, and um, we like that. We like a bit of hype. Something good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's good to mix mix up what people are excited about every now and then. So, yeah. Um, Pokemon Go. Do you did you ever play Pokemon Go? I did right at the beginning, and then I did play with you and your girlfriend, and you nearly killed me because you two power walked too damn fast. Oh uh, right. Uh, but apart from that, no. I don't remember when that happened. Otherwise, I wouldn't have asked. But uh, yeah, I, so- th- I think I think it was um, Groudon, a Groudon raid. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Pokemon Go have been doing quite a lot of event stuff recently. Just, just they've they've had to make a lot of changes throughout the last year to the way that they monetize the game, what they give to players and stuff, mm-hmm. because obviously in the pandemic, mm-hmm. nobody can go out and do raids. Um, yes. But one of the new updates uh, that is scheduled for May for Pokemon Go players, they've announced that uh, they'll be adding Pokemon X and Y legendary creatures. So that's Yveltal. Oh. And uh, Xerneas, and and actually, I'm kind of excited about that myself because I stopped playing Pokemon kind of after Gold and that era of Pokemon. So I was a, I was a Blue. Uh, I played Pokemon Blue, and then we had mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gold and Silver, and I think on the yep. uh, SP, I think my dad or my sister might have had Ruby Red. I'm not even sure if that's true, but I remember I remember yeah, around there, that there time was period Ruby, I was playing Pokemon. I was playing Pokemon around that time. And then I stopped playing it on the DS. I didn't get Pokemon on the DS at all, really, until uh, X and Y. And I bought X. And I got back into the Pokemon franchise. On the 3DS, yeah. And uh, I got back into Pokemon at that that point in time. So, yeah, that's nice for me because obviously I want to go and get uh, Xerneas now. And uh, and I probably will in May. That looks good. Mm, Very, very good. I can't say. I have. Sorry, I just wanted to to finish off by saying that Pokemon Go still isn't a perfect game. And the monetizing is still not quite right, in my opinion. I think Mm -hmm. I'm less inclined to pick up and play Pokemon Go now than I was through all Mm -hmm. the hype just because of the way that they have done some of the things. But every now and then Mm -hmm. I'll I'll just flick it on. I'll see if there's any new Pokemon around. uh, Catch anything new that's not in my decks already. just, Just because, but... They were holding, they used to do community day events where you could uh, just go out to your local park or something. And like, if you had like a nice route you could walk around with Pokestops, like for three or four hours, you would be able to catch like a huge amount of one type of Pokemon. And there would be increased chances then of you getting shiny versions of it. And after mm-hmm. the pandemic and they rearranged their pricing structure, they actually put community day like they kind of locked it as an event to like a ticketed event where you had to pay to actually 
like have the no. chance to go out and get them you know what i mean and i thought that was horrible so i stopped i kind of stopped bothering with that then because i was like well i'm not gonna pay to go out and you know you should the pokemon go should want you to be going out anyway so they shouldn't yeah. try to like decentivize uh, you by charging you for tickets for those events like i've been yeah, to no, that's not that's not right <laughs> yeah i've been to like proper pokemon go events like we went to the one in uh in france uh and it was not mm-hmm. the same as a community day event at all it's like an actual pokemon go fest event where there's a lot of stuff happening oh, wow. and they have to take over a shopping mall and it's all pokemon all day there that's something that's you're quite happy to pay for because you're yeah. celebrating pokemon you, there's activities going on it's more than just go outside and catch pokemon but to then put mm-hmm. like a price tag on the idea of you going outside to do those things during the pandemic when it's uh, it's hard enough to get outside and find somewhere to do it yeah. was just not which is not nice i didn't think it was good practice so but, but the last community day event i think was actually maybe not a ticketed one so maybe they've changed their mind but i was just putting it out there that they're still making changes and it's not mm-hmm. all perfect but they're managing i think at the moment so but the question is what 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 game is perfect uh the Legend of Zelda Rockerina of Time. No questions asked. Moving on, Lawrence. What's next? Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, EA. Oh, f- why did you... Why did you ruin... Why did you ruin... <laughs> you tarnished <laughs> The Legend of Zelda Rockerina of Time's name just by saying EA, then. How dare you? Yep. Yep. Have you heard of EA? <laughs> <laughs> I, got I, was to, I got him. I got him. I got it. <laughs> yes. Sadly. Go on. What? Sadly. <laughs> sadly, you've heard of EA. <laughs> what, are you, what are you bringing EA into this well, podcast for today? Because there's been leaked EA documents, which has led to more FIFA loot box scrutiny. Okay. More scrutiny. All right. Well, I can still make some scrutiny for a free EA. Go on then. What's, what's so, the deal? Apparently, the, the, these are slides from the actual, like, a department meeting or, or just a meeting of EA about FIFA 21, which is the game that came out last year called The Run Up to FIFA 21. And it's got, like, um, Stuff like five things you need to know that they have like the most active players at this point in FIFA than ever. The team is uh, focused on engaging current players through mid-September. The players will be actively messaged and incentivized to convert to FIFA Ultimate Team. And they're saying that FIFA Ultimate Team is the cornerstone and we're doing everything we can to drive players there. And then they're saying the return of football is only going to help us and plans are ready to, to go. Right. Uh, and then it says, the next slide says, turning up the heat, the catalyst, the return of real football. And then it says, all roads lead to uh, FIFA Ultimate Team. Uh, and it just goes on about how they're basically focusing everything into Ultimate Team. And they think that they are completely in their right to do this. And this just kind of shows how the actual mentality, which they keep saying, oh, no, 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 it's for the players, it's for the players, it's for the players. It shows. It's not. It's for the money. Yeah. So this <laughs> is you're clearly showing this yeah. is for the money. And with the current like real life football things that have been happening, fans are going to stand up to this because they're kind of already riled up. So, uh, and and the EA has uh, made a comment yeah. on this uh, the story. Uh, the CBC report, it's, uh, it was originally reported on, uh, they say, we always look for opportunities to introduce more players to modes in our games. Our FIFA players are expecting fresh content that makes the service exciting, so that's a constant focus for us. We do not push people to spend in, to spend in our games. When we provide that choice, we are very careful not to promote spending over earning in the game, and the majority of FIFA players never spend money on in-game items. To which I may say, and you will have to bleep me for this because it needs to be said, Marcus they're talking b****s. Yeah. They're talking absolute because it's they do encourage spending. They do kind of force you to spend because the rewards you get in-game are not good enough. It's, it's, it's a complete farce. Oh, absolutely. I mean, EA, uh, what, what is the most shocking about it is that FIFA is already a full-priced game. They make you yeah. buy that 
And then in order to do anything like online related, you need a FIFA Ultimate team. And then mm-hmm. to get the best team, that that would literally be like the okay. So let's you have to buy Call of Duty, yeah. But then yeah, to get like an assault rifle as opposed to using a pistol, you're gonna have to spin and spin a wheel, which you might have to pay for to spin to see if you get an, an assault rifle or, or another pistol. You know, it's kind of like that. I mean, to be, to be fair. Call of Duty did try that, didn't they? They tried like oh. bringing weapons into loot boxes. I think they did. That's why everyone was, yeah. That's why everyone was such an uproar over it. Yeah, and, and they'll never do it again. Yeah, but yeah, they've but learned the lesson. The thing is, and uh, I'm not trying to put people in a box here or anything. Uh, so, but here I go anyway. The majority of people who are playing FIFA are not necessarily hardcore gamers. They don't necessarily live in the culture of video games where people stand up for kind of the rights for consumers and stuff a lot of these uh, mm-hmm. like kids who just have a console and they just they just spend some pocket money and they and they don't care about anything else video game really they just like the sports games they just like the fifa you know they don't really know better and i think that ea yeah. know this and like to like to prey on that a bit um oh so, yeah 100% so, they prey on that yeah, I mean, you couldn't imagine, like, like, literally, the only way that FIFA Ultimate Team would be worth any sort of in-game currency is when it doesn't offer a competitive advantage. But any other time that it does, yeah. that is what is considered, like, the loot box gambling. It is pay to win at that point. Yep. And, and FIFA is the, the cornerstone of pay to win video game loot boxes. It, it just has been. Mm-hmm. And, and for some reason, they've never been shut, it's never been shut down. You know, Call of Duty They've got tried. shut many, down. Many people have Over, tried. Overwatch yeah. got shut down, you know, in terms of loot box stuff. Battlefront 2, or Battlefront, uh, yeah, Battlefront 2 got shut down, right? Yeah. All of the loot box uh, stuff, yeah. scrutiny yeah. over the loot boxes, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. V- video games on mobile, all loot boxes getting shut down across the globe, various mm-hmm. countries. But EA, FIFA, Ultimate Team still going. It's, it's the one... Uh... I, th- I, th- I think Ultimate Team is going to get left in the past if they're not careful because everyone's kind of moved over to this Battle Pass system. Yeah, this is, that's uh, the other thing. seems to be working. The Battle it Pass system is great. The, and, and, and it's, and it's, but they don't offer competitive advantages either. They just offer like cosmetics and no. fun, quirky stuff and emotes and things. And, you know, this, and skins. You know, why not just, why not just put some skins out? Why not give yep. uh, Ronaldo yeah. a clown, give out, give out a clown costume? Or, or, you know, give stadium appearances and stuff like that. But okay, well, you were thinking you were, you were thinking a more genuine idea than I was just thinking more about. <laughs> I was just thinking more about making. You were being a clown. That's what you were. You make were being a clown. Make the fo- clown. Make the football look like a water bomb. And every- I mean, there is a, there's what there is there is that kind of cosmetic in there. Every so often, when you kick the ball, it pops and then reappears, and like a layer of the, a layer of the ball pops and water flies out of it. That would be fantastic. That just sounds evil. Or, or, or like you know, make it a fireball. You know, why can't there be a cosmetic for the oh. for the ball oh. where you know you could have like a, a hot flaming ball of you know, or a meatball. Make it a meatball. Make the football a meatball. And it's kind of like when you go into an online multiplayer game. You can like you'll yeah. randomly one of the, either side will have a random chance of your ball being that crazy cosmetic or something, and it'd be fun. <laughs> you're you're having too much fun with this, aren't you? They should hire me. I sort all their problems out. <laughs> Call yes, me. Yes, you EA. who does not follow football at all. No, yeah, yeah. Let's. How about this, EA? Let's turn the football into something else. Into not a football. Let's what? change it into a cube. Yes. A cube ball, a cube ball that still rolls like a ball, but it just looks like a cube. You know what? We should also change the players. We should change them from humans to cars. Give them rockets on the back of them. Yeah, and they should be able to go on the crowd and up the side of the stadium and upside down occasionally. Yeah, 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 yeah. When they're running. 4D football. Oh, wait, that's just Rocket League. Oh, that's just Rocket League. Yeah. That's just Rocket League. Mm. Old school RuneScape. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. Monster <laughs> Hunter. Rise. Yawn. 2.0. Yawn. 
out April 28th. The new update adds three Yo. Elder Dragons. Oh, no, what, about, what happened to Old School RuneScape? You just went to Old School RuneScape, the Monster Hunter. Yeah, I was just seeing if you'd heard of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I thought it was an article. No, I just I was just mentioning it. We haven't talked oh, about... Oh, you're just throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah, we haven't talked about RuneScape for a bit, so I thought I'd just bring it into the podcast okay. for a second and then move on. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah, that's so random. What Sometimes I think about Sea Shanty too, and then that's it. We just move on. <laughs> you think it's Sea Shanty too? Yeah. Are you just looking at your Steam library and going, which game should I bring up today? Well, no, because I don't, I don't, I don't play RuneScape on Steam. That would be blasphemous. <laughs> but you can do though. Uh, you can do now. Yeah, but I don't yeah, think anybody yeah. does. No. If you play Ru- no, old school RuneScape on Steam, let us know. You can let us know. Okay. Uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, Elder Dragons coming into Monster Hunter Rise. So, um, so yeah, just some new Monster Hunter stuff for anybody interested in Monster Hunter. It looks like there are new characters and uh, new Elder Dragons and uh, more things to go and kill. Have fun. Go and do that. And I think that's it for the while news, this, While listening to the, to the Get Real podcast. Yeah, that was it. Thank you very much. Now, <laughs> that was it for the news, but uh, we did want to just uh, talk about magic today. I think we're just, we're just going to have a chat about magic together. Yeah, yeah I think we are, because the new Strixhaven decks came out uh, last week. Was that yeah. right? Is that right? Yeah. Last week? Yeah, well, it's kind of a weird one, because the release is normally staggered. Uh, they have pre-release events. They have, uh, you know, the set officially has an official release date but they have Mm -hmm. real physical cards coming out on one day but then a week before that it goes live on magic the gathering arena so people on arena Mm -hmm. get it a bit earlier anyway and then after the Mm pre-release event Mm -hmm. then there's the release and by that point everyone's got all the cards anyway so it's it's already out at that point you know what i mean yeah uh but it is out now and uh it's an interesting set in Magic the Gathering, you have in this new set, you have color combinations, and they focused on five particular color combinations um, to make school colleges out of because um, there's the color combinations uh, blue and red, which is pr- Prismari. You've got blue and green, which is what which I've is, got. Oh, yeah, you got a pre release for. Oh, well, you'll be opening mm-hmm. a pre release of that. Well, yeah, uh, I've got I've got an actual commander deck. I've got the, the oh, league okay. day. Uh, oh, deck. yeah, very nice. And then there's the Quandrix, which is blue green. There's Silver Quill, which is black white. There's Law Hold, which is white white and red. And then, am I missing one? Did I did I mention five already? Silver Quill, uh, Quandrix, Prismari, Law Hold, and there's another one. There is another one. There is the another one that no one, one plays. The one that nobody's mentioned. Is it black and green? Oh, it's Witherbloom. It is black and yeah. green. Yes, that's correct, Lawrence. It, and it, and people do play it. Actually, it's very. It's quite. It's, I think it's higher in demand probably black, than black, black and green is deadly. Like you don't play black and green unless you're in. Yeah, unless you're Sam, uh, a particular person. Unless you're Sam. <laughs> yeah. So Sam Sam bought some physical products uh, the other day. He bought some. He bought a Commander Legends deck, which is a deck of uh, from last year. I've I've got like three um, Planeswalker decks. <laughs> Very nice. Which ones did you get? Which Planeswalker decks did you get? I got um, I got White, which is oh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. I got White and I got Red, and then I got uh, Black. Okay, so you've got a nice mix of stuff. I, there. I I really wanted the the Liana set. Ooh, the Liliana. Well, how much did you pay for that? I bet you paid more for Liliana than you did. Um, uh, well, well, it's part, it part of the Planeswalker deck, so they were only like a tenner each. Wait, you got a so you got a Liliana Planeswalker deck for a tenner? Yeah, I don't believe. Well, 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 tenner on Amazon. I don't believe you. I'm going to need a link. Well, you're going to need to go right, on Amazon. You need to find I'll the deck. And send me a I'm link going, now. Going to Amazon right now. If my cat would get out of the way, it'd be fantastic. Here I, we go. A Death Mage deck. Oh, it's already out of stock. No way. Yeah, that, um, I'll, I'll send I'll send you a link to the other planeswalkers, and they're like nine nine quid. Yeah, Eight, I think um, I think I think I know. Yeah. Oh my, Lawrence, so, Lawrence. It's fine. Lawrence, it's not me. It's my cat. What it's, happened? It's my cat. She's she jumped off my desk. Is she all right? 
Yeah, she's just being a nuisance. Oh god, flipping heck! Yeah, the uh, the Liliana deck. I'm 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 jealous. You've picked, you've managed to grab that one before it ran out of stock. Uh, that, well, I mean, I, I I wanted it, and then I checked it. Like I was just getting some new sleeves. And I'm like, oh, maybe. What what if it's in stock? Uh, and it was before. It was like, oh, it's going to be one to two months, and then it was like next day delivery. It was like, geez, right, I'll get that then. Yeah. So it's the tw- it's the M twenty one Liliana uh, deck. So mm-hmm. it's a core twenty twenty one deck. But Liliana is a planeswalker. Uh, she has three abilities. You can return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So that's graveyard manipulation. For minus three on her uh, Planeswalker counter, you can destroy target creature. Its controller loses two life. So that's basically blow up any creature, no matter, no matter how big. And then if it's somebody else's, they will also lose two life. So that's kind of, that's kind of nutty to, to pull out for graveyard mm-hmm. stuff. And... Uh, minus seven on her planeswalker counter. Target opponent loses two life for each creature card in their graveyard. So that is kind of an interesting one, and it makes me wonder how you would synergize that with the rest of the deck. So maybe because it's obviously black, is it mono black that deck? Uh, I think so. There's no I, other I, color, I don't is know it? What mono black means mono black no, means it's just, it's black. just black. Yeah, there's no other color combination yeah, with it. Yeah, so black. so maybe that is going to be a lot of creature exploding stuff then, because the more creatures that are in your opponent's graveyard at that point in time, the mm. more life they will lose when you trigger the minus seven ability on Liliana if you can keep her out long enough. Yeah, so. That's a cool deck, though. And Liliana's always going to be in high demand. So um, that is why she's sold out, especially for nine ninety nine. I think you got a bit of a steal there. I think, yeah, I'm looking for it on other sites, and it's like 25 quid, 20 quid. Jesus. Yeah, so you really got, got her at a good price there for that deck. Yeah. Liliana is, like I said, high demand card. Uh, but your other ones, you got Chandra, the other core yep. 2021 planeswalker deck Chandra's nice um she's mono red um so she is uh the flames catalyst version you can mm-hmm. plus one got, um basri as well you've got which one basri which is the white deck right the mono white deck right yeah i'm just looking at what uh chandra's uh, uh planeswalker abilities do here uh, Flames Catalyst deals three damage to each opponent, so that's a nice little triggered ability there. If you can keep her out in a command, is that so? That's not even a commander deck. That's just a planeswalker deck. But yeah, I can imagine know, the, that the being quite nice in a in a commander deck. Minus two, mm. you may cast target red instance or sorcery from your graveyard. If it's put into your graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So, yeah, to minus two, you can. Because because mono red is like burn, which basically means a lot of instant shocking and instant damage dealing burst effect cards. Um, mm-hmm. You can do something crazy like you could cast um, on one turn a like five or seven mana um, deal five damage to target card in mono red, and then for minus mm-hmm. two on Chandra, just play it again. Um, so that is really naughty, actually. Uh, it, get, it gets exiled out of that, so it's a bit balanced, but that is really nice uh, gameplay there for Planeswalker. And then minus eight, discard your hand, draw seven cards. Uh, until end of turn, you may cast spells from your hand without paying their mana cost. So you're going to be triggering this ability potentially... Uh, after you've already run out of all of your fast-burning stuff. And then mm-hmm. at the start of your next turn, you minus eight Chandra, maybe you, you ditch her, but then you'll get seven cards. And um, I'm, I'm assuming based on this Planeswalker, the entire red deck will be full of shocks and... Uh, not shock, because I think that's Prismari, but burn-style instant or sorcery effects, which is going to be just hard hardcore damage dealing in instances and sorceries and if you can get a, a, a hand of seven full of those you'd be able to destroy an entire board of creatures or even do enough damage to kill your opponent just outright if you get enough of them if your hand's lucky so 
as Reds, Reds does Red Things. And uh, and what was the other one that you got? Uh, Basri, which is the mono white planeswalker deck. Basri, here he is. Yeah, another Call 2021 one. Uh, he yeah, is they're, all, they're all Call 21. White usually revolves around counter and vigilance, flying and uh, healing and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. in this we're seeing here that here's plus one. You can put 1-1 one, one counters on up to one target creature. It gains vigilance until end of turn. And vigilance is a mechanic that means that when you tap a creature to attack with it, um, mm-hmm. if it has vigilance, it won't actually become tapped. It can still do damage to a creature or an opponent and it won't be tapped out to block with in the next turn, in your opponent's next turn. So that's nice for a plus one as well. You can minus one on Basri. Whenever a creature attacks this turn, put a 1-1 counter on it. So if you're feeling not doing Vigilance and you still want to do some plus one ones, um, you actually will get a 1-1 counter on whatever creature so if you've got three or four creatures and they all decide to attack they'll all get a plus one plus one counter on it until end of turn so that's quite Mm -hmm. nice and here is his minus six it says creatures you control get plus two plus two and gain flying until end of turn so this is just i'm going to go over the top of your head and every creature i've got out will do an extra two damage this turn so that's a nice minus six and i like that it's minus six and not minus seven or eight because it means like it proves that it's not overpowered but it's also more accessible yeah so basri isn't really kind of overpowered in any way but he's kind of more quite a generic like you are going to be able to do stuff with basri out on the table and you're going to have to come up with ways to maximize your counter and life gain and even maybe like you might already have some flyers out there you might build a deck around flying with some bigger creatures that aren't flying inherently and then you can use Basri to give them flying to go right over the top of your opponent's head without them kind of really being able to, to counter it. But I think that what I like about these Planeswalker decks as well, the three that you've got in particular, is that you get Magic the Gathering Arena codes as well. So not yes. only that, but yeah. you're, able to get, you're able to get them um, on, on Arena. So the full deck with the Planeswalker, which is yep. really I've, I've nice. Got all, I've got- I've got all three decks on my on my arena, so I can practice with them whenever. Yeah, you can practice whenever. You can also use those cards to build new decks with on arena, without mm-hmm. getting your cards mixed up, which is a huge benefit to playing digital magic. Really, um, uh, yeah. So the, I think you've picked some good ones, and they're kind of nice, cheap decks. But the, the value really comes from the amount of cards that you get, which have good generic value to play elsewhere at another time if you decide mm-hmm. to build decks. But also, like I said, the arena code I think is very valuable, and they've kind of stopped. They've they've stopped handing arena codes out in in, a, in quite a few products. So it's yeah. nice that they. I noticed I didn't. I didn't get one in my Strixhaven, which I was a little bit disappointed with. No, you don't get one in Strixhaven. Uh, what did you get for Strixhaven? Uh, I got the Prismari Performance deck, the Commander deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't get like any arena codes or anything like that. Yeah, so the thing with the Commander decks is is that Commander is not currently a supported format in Magic the Gathering Arena. So oh. it's not currently a format that um, has built-in rule sets for you to play, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I think is something that they are probably working on because if they're not, it's a bit silly. People are having to make Just up... Just a bit, yeah. People are having to make up workaround game versions. I think... People have come up with a new format called Gladiator, which is kind of like an arena exclusive thing right now, where they're made, where they're doing their own tournaments, where they have a, a rule mm-hmm. set which is uh, Commander is a singleton format, which means that the only cards that you can you can only build a deck with one of every card. You can't have multiple more than one card of the same card in the deck, other than basic lands, and that's considered a singleton format because of that, because the singleton refers to the fact that every card is different um now they've come up with a singleton format in arena called gladiator which is uh basically commander with no commander right and the reason why that works is because you can build 100 card decks and do direct challenge 1v1s in arena so people are hosting their own mini tournaments where people will just direct challenge 1v1 and then 
you know, tell the scores and whatever from that. Um, but Commander would be a big uh, addition to Arena because it is currently pretty much the most played format. Um, in really? real, yeah, it, because it took off so well. That's why. That's why Magic make Commander decks. Commander wasn't a format they invented. It was invented by the community, and then oh. and then it became so popular that uh, Wizards of the Coast decided to monetize it. So obviously oh. they're going to try and make money off of something that's doing well in Magic, and they just couldn't ignore what people were doing with Commander. Yeah. So I really wish that they will bring Commander to uh, to Arena, but so let's talk more about Strixhaven now. Then, so um, we're we're obviously we have pre-release packs that we're going to be playing with, and uh, pre-release is quite nice. You, you're going to get to build a deck out of four packs and a college booster. Um, each college kind mm. of has a mascot as well, so it, that will be what is considered the token. Of the of the college, so for Prismari it's elementals, uh, for Quandrix it's fractals, uh, for Silverquill it's inklings, and they're basically just like yeah uh, creatures that are very generic and can be created and cast. Um, yeah, yeah, just by it's just as like card effect stuff that allows you to build your board out. Uh, you can kind of get creatures on the board quite quickly with that because they're kind of throwaway creatures. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are two main new mechanics that were added into Strixhaven uh, from this set. Um, they are Magecraft and Learn. And um, Learn is an interesting one because what it does is it makes sideboarding more accessible for newer players mm-hmm. and players who just don't use sideboard generally. So the way to explain this is in Magic the Gathering, um, you, if, let's, let's say we're playing very competitive, we're in a tournament. You show up with your 40-card uh, or 60-card deck, sorry, and um, you don't know what situations you're going to be put up against against your opponent. So what you do is you have a sideboard of up to seven cards that you can also bring with you. And uh, they're not playable inside of the game on a normal occasion. So there has to be a very special reason for them to be played during a normal game. But what you can do is what they're there for. um, Let's say you play a game against me and I do something that you just couldn't counter that game with your deck. But you might have a card that Uh, can deal with that in your sideboard and because we're playing Mm -hmm. a best out of three there's a moment of downtime between the first and the second game and in that downtime you're going to swap a card from your current deck with with a card in your sideboard that has the ability to deal with whatever it is i'm trying to do to you in my deck so you have Mm -hmm. an option to just slightly modify your deck to fit certain situations by bringing in cards legally uh from outside of your uh, approved deck using your sideboard and um, in Strixhaven you can use your sideboard to hold uh, cards that are called lesson cards lesson cards normally have um, kind of they, they're mostly sorceries uh, instances and sorcery cards I think mostly sorceries I'm not sure how many instances there are maybe I'm wrong on that but they uh, are going to be outside of the game cards that you can use a trigger called learn to bring in mid game. So you could still have your full deck and have cards in your sideboard with sort with a, with lesson, uh, att- attributed to them. Cause they'll say it's a sorcery uh-huh. card with lesson. And then you may play something from Strixhaven that says, do this, do that, and then learn. And when you see that, that gives you the ability to, uh, look at your sideboard and bring in to the game a, a, a card with lesson on it. So it's, it really does open up sideboarding for new players. And me, because I don't really sideboard. Um, but it's, it's super interesting because you can do things like, uh, there's one called Expanded Anatomy, for example. Uh, it's a lesson that allows mm-hmm. you to uh, put two 1-1 counters on target creature. It gains vigilance until end of turn. 
So it's not really a broken card. It does cost three mana to cast. But the important thing is, is that you've brought that in from outside of the game. So you're no longer relying on luck to do something like that. You're no longer relying yeah. on, oh, is it going to be in my library? Do I have to put something in my library so that if I can draw a card that allows me to go and find something in my deck, you don't need to do that anymore because as long as you've got something with learn on it and you're able to cast learn, you know exactly what your options are in your sideboard. If you've built a sideboard out with lessons in, you already know every situation that you could pull in from outside of the game. Yeah, so it becomes more like tactical rather than, yeah. like you said, look. Yeah, it adds like another layer of... of of thinking about what you can and can't bring into into your deck and into the game. There may be situations where you might have a lesson card uh, in your sideboard that you know is going to do something. I mean, I don't really know how broken the lesson cards are yet because I've not seen them all. I'm assuming they'll be very balanced, but it's just the idea that there are extra things now to think about in sideboarding and other opportunities to add more to your uh, deck without you know, legally, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the game. So that's um, that's Learn. And the other one is Magecraft. And Magecraft is a uh, trigger that uh, basically is reliant on casting instants or sorcery spells, but also copying instants or sorcery spells because in Strixhaven, yeah. you have the ability sometimes to copy. There's some cards that allow mm-hmm. you to copy... Um, spells that you're casting. So the trigger will be whenever you cast or copy an instance or sorcery spell, do this. And normally it'll be things like uh, this creature gets plus one plus O till end of turn, things like that. So it's kind of like applying counters with end of turn effects. Um, Also, things like draw a card. So whenever you cast an instance or sorcery, draw a card. And you'll see different Mm -hmm. effects in Magecraft uh, I think based on the color that you're playing. So in white, you might see more these get counters and in blue, you'll see more draw a card. Yeah. There is actually um, another, another. I think it's a returning mechanic. So it's a mechanic called Ward and Ward um, is a triggered ability. Um, whenever a creature or a permanent that Ward is placed on, uh, becomes the target of a spell or ability that another opponent controls, They uh, it gets countered unless the player pays two or pl- pays extra mana. So it basically means that this creature is sort of protected a bit more because in order to like cast something onto it to either destroy it, put it to exile, maybe you place an enchantment on it, um, in order for the opponent to do that, they have to spend more mana to do it. Right. So it'll be, in in one case here, I'm looking at a creature with Ward 2, which means that, let's say, that you wanted to use your Chandra deck and you wanted to cast, like, a Fireball or something onto it. Maybe you've already paid quite a lot of mana to cast something quite strong on it to kill it. But Ward says, well, yeah, you're going to need to pay all of that mana and also an extra two colorless mana. So you're going to have to find more mana to do what you want to do to this card. So, God, can you imagine that on a black deck? E, there probably, oh, there probably are, it, there probably are situations, yeah, where Ward oh. is going to be on some black stuff oh. because uh, black, black decks are just evil enough as they are. They don't need help. I honestly think the only way to counter a black deck is with a red deck, just out of sheer damage. You just need to. destroy them as fast as possible well use fire to destroy the zombies yeah burn them to the burn them to a crisp and then burn the ashes and then burn the planes walker yeah well you see there are ways to deal with black in in other in other colors and i think you'll you'll figure it out over time really because you're still quite new to magic the gathering yeah and i think i think a lot of people listening to this may not understand magic or uh, understand like when we say black deck or red deck or, or something like that we kind of mean the elements of the of the the actual deck themselves yeah yeah so all mm-hmm. all colors when we when we are referring to a color we're refer, referring to the mana basically which is pulled in the magic law is pulled from the plane of which you know it's kind of 
that coming from. So it'll be like for for red, you'll be pulling mana from mountains, and in black, you're pulling them from swamps, and uh, you're pulling them from islands in blue, and a generic plains for white, and um, green is forest. So you kind of get the idea of of kind of how nature plays into how planeswalkers and creatures and things, how you cast spells as a planeswalker. Because in Magic the Gathering, you are a planeswalker that you're calling upon creatures and spells to defeat your opponents with. So you have to call upon the mana of the world from which you're representing, really, to do those things. Um, it, it all sounds very nerdy. And when you're looking at it, you're just like, I don't understand what's going on, but it is very easy to pick up and play. Uh, I, th- I think I think it's definitely one of those games which are worth trying. If you, yeah. If you, even if you just have an interest in card games, or even if you're just just bored. Yeah. The last thing that I wanted to mention about Strixhaven was the mm-hmm. modal double faced cards. Have you seen or heard of the modal double faced cards yet, Lawrence? The what? Yeah. Okay. So basically, imagine a magic card. Yeah. A, a normal magic yeah. card, and then when you turn it over, so that so that normally you'd be looking at the back of it you're actually looking at a di- another card. Oh, I've got that. Yeah, I've got a few of those. you got some of those. Yeah, so these are, yeah. these are modal double-faced cards. And um, All right. in, in this set, they weren't introduced in this set, they were introduced in Kaldheim or maybe even Zendikar Rising they were maybe introduced, but they're back again anyway for Strixhaven. Um, basically, it allows you to have maybe two creatures or maybe even one creature and one sorcery. Um, mm-hmm. It says here, the rules for modal double face cards haven't changed. If you're casting one, you choose the face that you're casting. The same is true for playing a land face of a modal double face card, although it won't find mm-hmm. land faces in this set. So Strixhaven doesn't have land faces in double modal style. Um, if you're putting one onto the battlefield without paying to cast, without, I think it says, without... It says without playing to cast it, but I think it means without paying to cast it. You get the front face, but only if the front face can actually enter the battlefield. If the front face is an instance or sorcery, it can be put onto the battlefield this way. Oh, it can't be put onto the battlefield this way. <laughs> so there are some intricate, convoluted rules that come with modal double face cards, and they are wonderful. They are one of those technicalities that. You just need to learn by doing, I think. So we won't go any more into that. But yeah, yeah so Strixhaven has actually brought in some very interesting mechanics that I'm actually very excited for because I love the lessons. I love learning and lessening. Um, I think that's really, really nice. What do you think you about... Love learning and lessening, do you? Yeah, yeah. It's like you could... You swat. It's like there'll be like instant cards that are like... That already do something cool. Like first day of class is an instant card that costs one colorless and one red mana. It says, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control this turn, put a 1-1 counter on it, and it gains haste until end of turn, and then learn. So this would already be, without learn, an instant card, right? But just giving people the opportunity to also learn, you may reveal a lesson card you own from outside of the game and put it into your hand uh, or discard a card to draw a card. So that's the other thing about learn as well, is if you don't want to bring a card in from outside of the game, um, you can just discard a card you don't want and draw a new card with it. So if you're not even using the sideboard, or you don't have any more lessons to learn in your sideboard, you can still do something with learn. You can still discard a card and draw a card. Yeah. So it's really nice. So it's kind of like every time, even if you have, well... It kind of feels like in this this kind of commander decks or this the Strixhaven set that you'll always be able to do something. Yeah, I feel like there are Which lots of important. opportunities to do lots of things, and I think it's very very new person friendly. Even though it it is also yeah. it has complexities for you know more experienced players to master. I think there are some really broken things in this deck. I've seen some very broken combos um, mixing it with yeah, other I can sets, but. In all, I, I've, I'm really into this set. Like, this is one of those sets I, I haven't been playing. I didn't play any of Kaldheim. I didn't play any of Coria. I didn't play 
uh, any of the Commander Legends stuff, but I really got back in learning about Strixhaven. Um, the more that I looked mm-hmm. into it, the more I was like, well, okay, this is going to be really fun. Really fun way to build decks. Really cool new ideas to build decks around. It just gives a lot of opportunity to, to fiddle and, and, and tweak decks. To and tweak, yeah, and yeah. kind of make your own, your own personality shine through the decks. Definitely. So I think, um, I mean, I was, I'm basically just briefing you for our pre-release event here. So, uh, we'll, you are, you are briefing me. This is, this has been a daily brief, uh, a weekly briefing for everyone. Yep. Yep. So if you are uh, looking to play, I think if you've listened to this and you don't play magic and you are interested in trying magic, magic, the gathering arena is free. You don't ever have to pay to, um, to get new cards or anything. If you just Google like free cards codes, there's like, 20 to 30 like codes of packs of free stuff that you can just get by putting in promo codes and stuff that are still active so you can get yourself a load mm-hmm. of cards to get you going and the uh, tutorial uh, section of Arena takes you through color challenges and teaches you the game in such in a much better way that you could do just by sitting down with somebody who knows the game I think because it really does follow the rules and only takes you through step by step each stage of every turn um, and make sure that you understand everything as you're going. So Arena is the best way to learn magic right now, hands down, other than just playing the game, you know, afterwards yourself. But to get going, it's free. And I highly recommend you just you just check the game out and just see if you're interested. Yeah. If you like Hearthstone, this is like a bit more complicated than Hearthstone. Um, yes. But yeah, so Strixhaven is looking good. This is kind of our first look at it. And I'm sure we'll be talking next week more about what we thought after playing it. What's your favorite magic yes. trick? Let us know at Get Real Pod on all of our socials <laughs> and at GetRealGaming at gmail.com. And um, we will see you guys next week. Have a nice week. Mm-hmm. Stay safe. And bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.